Retirement distribution strategies can be daunting for many retirees to navigate. However, with professional guidance, these strategies can help eliminate worry about your retirement savings and help to make sure you don't run out of money. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Williams. Welcome to your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, and uh, for Dual Financial Strategies, we have uh, running solo today, uh, Luke Van Abel, as we have uh, uh, Sam Duell and Andy Schooler out on assignment here, but it's good to have uh, uh, Luke with us. And remember, our phone number is 866-203-7486. When you want to talk about retirement planning with over 20 years of experience, it's Dual Financial Strategies. And uh, save early, save often. And that sums up, uh, Luke, how to get a successful retirement going. I know that uh, sounds simple. It's not easy. And I know when you talk to a lot of clients, what are the uh, uh, strategies here that can help eliminate uh, worrying about saving money? Uh, I would have to think uh, that paying off debt immediately would certainly help. Absolutely, Chuck. I mean, I think it's it's a burden that we all feel when we have debt and i think especially as we get closer to that retirement date and that you know that date where we're just going to step away from it all and have to you know have the income that we need generated from our portfolio having that burden having that debt paid off certainly um, is a big piece of that puzzle and i think the people that worry the most are often the ones that have the most debt at least in in our experience and i think there's you know there's okay debt and there's there's maybe better debt and then there's worse debt um so when we're talking about paying off debt let's let's focus on paying off those things that are costing you the most um oftentimes those credit cards or those short-term loans they're going to carry the most amount of interest payments associated with them um so you really want to focus on those. I know a lot of you listening are probably thinking, well, what about that mortgage debt? You know, what do we do with that? You know, should that be in the same sort of line of thinking as the credit card debt and the personal loan debt? And I think that's a, a big depends. I mean, especially as people have um, refinanced over the last few years. Um, We've seen some really low interest rates set and fixed over a long period of time. I mean, when we look at, you know, the inflation rates we we have today at nearly six and a half percent, I think having a a fixed mortgage, if you're in the twos or you're in the threes, that's a pretty fantastic place to be. And so, you know, could you start chipping away at that with some additional income and so forth that you might have if you're still working? Yes. Um, As far as dipping into what's been saved or invested for your retirement to say, hey, I've got a hundred or two hundred thousand left on that mortgage. Does it make sense to pull out a huge chunk, pay all the taxes on it to pay off a two or three percent mortgage? That's something that, you know, we'd have to have additional discussions about. But certainly getting the debt paid down, all those other um, consumer debts would be a huge help as you go into retirement. Absolutely, Luke. We were talking to Luke Van Abel about this, about retirement savings. And I just had a thought there about FICO scores. I mean, a lot of people look at uh, 850 as being the ideal, uh, you know, know, your credit score. And I often have wondered why uh, having some debt actually helps your FICO score. Uh, You're paying it off, I guess, and that's the key. Yeah, it is. I mean, you want to carry some debt. I mean, I had, um, you know, a really bizarre situation happen at my brother of all people he was trying to qualify for a mortgage um 
and had zero debt. He'd flipped multiple real estate properties, had cash um, that he could put down, but could not get a loan because he stewarded his money well. He had things paid off. He didn't have a mortgage, didn't have a car payment. And by golly, he couldn't get a loan on a mortgage. So yes, some debt is good. You want some debt to... um, to build that FICO score so that you can qualify for purchases, although it may be less needed for those going into retirement. Um, but that's certainly something to consider. All right. When we're talking about saving for retirement here with Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies, uh, you must do something elementary, uh, Mr. Watson. Uh, my dear Watson, I guess he once said, uh, and that is determined that your retirement spending needs are there. And what are they in, in the first place? Yeah, it's it it seems like such a elementary step in the process of retirement planning, but it is so critical. Um, so having a good grasp on what is your what are your spending needs, and not just your spending needs, because I don't want you to think about this in terms of starting at zero and adding in the different bills that you can think of. I want you to go back and th- and look at what what are you making now if you're still working? What are what are your expenses now? And instead of thinking about this in terms of like a budget or something like that that's so restrictive, just think about this in terms of what does it cost you for your lifestyle? And what your lifestyle is now while you're working is probably what you're going to want your lifestyle to look like, at least in some form or fashion, going into retirement. Now, there might be a few things as you begin to do step one or maybe step one. We just talked about paying off debts. You know, if your debts are paid off or you've got a car loan or something that's going to be paid off in the next three years, maybe before retirement. Well, then, of course, we can subtract that. You can subtract that from, you know, your current lifestyle needs. But I want you to be really realistic about this um you know don't come in with rose-colored glasses and say well all i need to retire is three thousand dollars a month when you've been living on eight for the last 15 years um i don't think you're going to do yourself any any service there um unless you are among the half of a percent of people that fall into that category so you know consider and, and start to look at what you've been spending. This is not to keep you pigeonholed into a box and, and restricting your spending for the rest of your life, but we have to get a grip on what it costs you to live in order to determine what's the probability of success in retirement. And you can go down this planning road um, once we have good numbers, good inputs. Otherwise, we're just going to get garbage on the outside if we're shooting from the hip. All right, Luke, now if we're in that retirement red zone, which is basically defined as five to seven years before you want to retire, uh, it doesn't hurt to start practicing your retirement spending either, is it? No, this is a great thing to start doing. As a matter of fact, I met with someone recently um, that had uh, what I thought um, you know, their expectations for what the retirement needs were were much lower than the lifestyle they were living, which I just alluded to. Um, and my recommendation was start practicing, start, you know, one the the one spouse was going to retire before the other one. Well, just live on that other spouse's income if that was the life because their their expenses were a little bit lower. So start start practicing by living on that 
you know, one income or the lesser income to see how it works while you're still working, while you still have maybe five to seven years to work and fall back on that income if something happens. Because now if an emergency arises, well, that income's there. That's kind of like your emergency fund is the other person's income. So don't be afraid to to practice before you get there um, so that um, you're not just you know, making that leap um, because it will take you once you're retired, it's going to take you a year to kind of settle into that. But if you can start to do these things before retirement, I think you'll find that your transition is much easier, um, much less emotion, much less staying up at night because you've really thought about this and planned ahead. We're talking with Luke Van Abel once again of uh, dual financial strategies of uh, doing some things here to assuage your fears of saving for retirement. Uh, and it's 866-203-7486 when you want that advice at no cost, no obligation. I guess investing in the right type of insurance helps too, right, Luke? It does. I mean, insurance, your insurance needs as you get into the retirement red zone, Chuck, I think they, they largely change. It's not like you're the young family that's, you know, trying to support a family, trying to get kids through college anymore, of course. But now you've got a different set of challenges. You might, maybe you, maybe you still have a mortgage. Maybe you still have some obligations, and if you, the primary breadwinner, passed away, maybe that would cause some undue stress on a spouse. That could be a need for insurance. Um, Another really big one um, is long-term care. And folks, I know you don't want to talk about it, you don't want to think about it, you don't want to address it, but it is the elephant in the room, and it is staring at all of us in a good portion. It's something like 70% of people are going to need some form of assistance because we're living longer. So have the discussions. These are things that we talk with families about all the time to look at. Does it make sense to have some insurance in place? Does it make sense to cover this with another source of funds? Or are you completely content using the assets that you have? But you have to consider your situation, what you have and what that's going to do for a spouse. So yes, absolutely, Chuck. We want to ensure that we're using the right insurance tools, that we've got the right pieces in place to accomplish what people are looking for. And I think the title of of Sam's book, Purpose Determines Placement, is a great sort of mindset to have when we're thinking about these different things because what's the purpose of the money? What's the purpose? purpose of the tool that we're using is it accomplishing what we need it to Um, because we don't just need something we don't just want to pour premium or we don't want to pour money down a rat hole um, for no good reason or because somebody sold us something that we didn't really need and quickly uh, you can also as you're on the precipice of retirement uh, you're working hard for 40 hours 50 hours a week maybe consider a part-time job because that extra money also helps in retirement too yeah, part-time job. I think a lot it's on a lot of people's radar as they go into retirement. Um at least the families that I sit and talk with, most of them are kind of thinking about it. But before you even consider the part-time job, have a discussion with a fiduciary-based firm, have a discussion with us, have a discussion with somebody else to know where you sit. Going into retirement, do you need to work or do you not need to work? Because I think there's a lot of freedom then in if you realize that hey, you don't have to work, well, go out and get the part-time job if you want to do that because you want to get out of the house and, and be around people or what have you or enjoy enjoy a job again. You know, 
your attitude towards it is completely different. So plan ahead, have have an idea going into retirement where you sit, and then that will ultimately determine, hey, maybe maybe you know you're going to need a part-time job that pays a little bit more if if some of your ducks aren't in a row as well as you would like but part-time job is a great way to take some of the pressure off um, other assets other areas of your retirement give you some peace of mind maybe give you some discretionary income as you transition into retirement not saying you have to do that for a long period of time but um, certainly a couple years can make a big difference and maybe allow you to delay that social security a little bit all right it's all a part of that uh, retirement lifestyle review that luke just talked about and it's 866-203-7486 that's how you reach dual financial strategies uh, and also, as he alluded to that book that Sam wrote in its second printing, Purpose Determines Placement. You get a free copy of that, too, when you come in and get that no cost, no obligation. Sit down to talk about your retirement. It's 866-203-7486. Make that appointment uh, either at the Green Bay office, the Appleton office. What's coming up in the next segment, Luke? When we come back, we'll highlight some statistics about retirement, and some may really surprise you good news there's still time to get yourself on track Back for Dual Financial Strategies. Chuck Caton here. It's your retirement. Glad you're listening to us. And Luke Van Abel is uh, solo in the studio with me this week. Sam and Andy are on assignment. And uh, I guess uh, when we look about uh, uh, the way we uh, approach our jobs, we work hard for the money. And many Americans spend uh, their lives uh, working hard and dreaming of the day that they can finally retire. That's what it's all about. But then that planning for retirement requires more than just dreaming. Uh, you just uh, don't snap your fingers and make it happen. It's all about the plan. We talk about plans, and we've got some jaw-dropping retirement statistics here that Mr. Van Abel is going to uh, tell us. Uh, some are good. Some are not so good. So uh, let's start with uh, this one. Young people, and let's define what young people are too, Luke. Uh, they think they're going to retire early until they get a little bit older. And again, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's all relative, what you think young is and what you think older is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to define young as based on the Gallup poll that was done, a Gallup poll study um, that looked at 18 to 29 year olds. So we're going to define that as young today. Um, and they were interviewed about retirement. And these young people really expressed some optimism that they were going to be able to or planned on retiring early, as early as their late 50s and early 60s um, years old. So a little bit before the traditional, you know, 62 to 65 um, age category where people start to really think about retirement because that's where their Social Security can kick in. However, once these quote unquote young people reach the age of 30, they get into their 30s, some of that optimism starts to wane. Um, and if we can think back to those younger years, um, I mean, even for myself, I mean, if I think back to that time, it's just like you feel invincible. You feel like, well, the world is my oyster and whatever I want to do, I can do. And um, uh, there's a lot of dreaming that happens during that time, not a lot of planning and not a lot of um, putting things into place. Um, but I think um, what's, what's really important here um, is that we start to make the right decisions then if the goal is that hey you want to retire 
in your early 50s, in your 50s, early 60s, or at least you want to have the option to do that, then the actions that we're taking better be in line with that. You need to start saving. You need to find some investment tools. You need to look at real estate. You need to look at all the different areas that you can go to to provide yourself some income. Just because you're young doesn't mean you have to work as long as your parents did, but you better be delaying gratification. You better be saving or investing huge chunks of your your working income to be able to accomplish that. And as we get older, I think we realize that, oh, maybe that maybe that $25 a month, while it's a good thing, isn't going to get us where we thought it was. All right, let's talk about retirement might be longer than expected. That's uh, something that uh, statistically, uh, well, when you look at uh, actuarial uh, insurance uh, statistics, uh, can reign true, especially today. Yeah, it can. I mean, we're seeing more and more people living living longer. And I mean, even if you think about the people in your own lives, I mean, how long are they living? And according to a recent Social Security Administration um, questionnaire, a healthy 65-year-old woman today has a good chance of living into her 80s, well into her mid-80s. And the same 65-year-old man has a good chance of living into his early 80s. So older adults, you should be saving for retirement that could last 20 years or more. We call, Sam talks about this all the time, I mentioned it as well, that retirement is a 20 to 30 year voluntary unemployment scenario, right? We're turning off the employment spigot, that income needs to come from somewhere else, but the important part is that you very much could have another third quarter of your life left um, so we need to not, um, I think one of the tendencies, Chuck, for people as they, as they start to plan for retirement is assuming that, eh, I'm not going to live very long. I might only live 10 years. Well, really, we're seeing more and more living much, much longer than that. So we need to plan for that. Well, you need that positive attitude to be able to do that too. And I guess more Americans are planning for a longer retirement and that's good news. Yeah. I mean, some, some I think are, I mean, some are starting to see that, um, you know, their friends are living longer, their parents are living longer, um, because they're having to care for them. I suppose it depends on the circles that you, you live in. Um, but according to another study, we're giving you a lot of numbers here this week, but according to a TD Ameritrade study, 81% of Americans are shifting assets um, in preparation for living longer uh, because they're seeing ancestors, they're seeing relatives that have lived longer, and they're starting to make the necessary changes today. Maybe it's reducing expenses. Maybe it's buying secured life insurance. Maybe it's looking at different options um, to reduce your tax burden because if we can reduce our tax burden over a long life, that's more money in your pocket. That's more money you can use um, for you, for your loved ones, and also starting to maximize their contributions to their retirement plans with the thought that retirement might not just be 10 or 15 years. It could be 20, 25, or 30 years. All right, but the other side of the coin now is that some Americans are accessing retirement funds early, and that can be a no-no. It absolutely can. The purpose of that money, that the purpose of those retirement funds is right in the name. It's for retirement. But we are seeing more and more people accessing that money early, 
um, taking on penalties, taking on additional taxes, and this is harming or delaying their retirement. And I get it. Life happens. Life throws us curveballs. But as much as possible, um, we need to look at those funds as not for today. That's why we build the emergency fund on the side so that we don't have to tap into these funds. But the statistics are just alarming. Another TD Ameritrade survey showed that 44% of Americans between the ages of 40 and 79 years old have taken money out of their retirement plan. So that's four in 10 American workers have done that. And um, the stat is a little bit higher. 46% of people uh, age 40 to 49 have done so. And then, of course, as we get older, there's more and more people taking the money out, which is which is fine because once we go over certain age thresholds, now we don't have to worry about that penalty. And that's what that money is there for. But remember, the purpose of that money is for retirement. Let's try not to touch it. Let's try not to use that until retirement, if, if at all possible. All right, working on retirement savings here. Luke Van Abel talking to us here, uh, dual financial strategies, but you really can't count on Social Security. We talk about that. Or can you? Yeah, I mean, Social Security has been a mainstay. I mean, it's been a foundational piece of so many people's retirement. Um, when we look at retirement income over a long retirement, this is a primary source of income. And what we have to realize is that Social Security is a pay-as-you-go system, meaning the people that are currently working are are paying the Social Security benefits for you, the listeners, that are currently taking Social Security. And as we've had over time since Social Security started, I think it was something like six or seven employees working for every one taking back in the day. And now we've gotten to the point where it's, I believe, under three, under three workers for every one taking. So there's things to be aware of. There's concerns. You probably hear of some of these where Social Security, you know, can only be funded through 2035 or something like that. Um, And these are real concerns for many Americans. Now, we do have to realize that, um, you know, there's typically phase outs if there were were to be some changes. Um, And I think most of you that sit in that window you know, I don't know this for sure, because, of course, I don't work for Social Security and Social Security doesn't ask Luke's opinion. But for those of you that sit really close to retirement time frame, maybe you're in that retirement red zone where you're less than five years out from retirement. I don't foresee a lot of huge, drastic changes um, because a couple things, uh, one being your generation tends to do something every four years, and that is vote. Um, and so they want your vote. So you know, if they stick it to your pocketbook, that that could certainly have an impact on on you who you vote for. And the other thing is, you know, we've already talked about, you know, the number of people that have been tapping into their retirement funds early, the number of people we didn't talk about at this time that don't really have much saved for retirement. So if we make drastic changes to Social Security, I think we've got some other implications um, in in the amount of people that you know, might be looking for alternative forms of housing because they can't afford the lifestyle or even a reasonable apartment at that point. All right. And finally, uh, you could be forced into retirement before you're ready for various and sundry reasons and assisted living is costly. You touched on it earlier. Yeah, I'm going to I'll take the assisted living thing um, because I think it's it's something that we don't want to think about. But 70 percent of us are going to have um, 
the chance or need some sort of assistance, whether it's full nursing care, whether it's just home health care, whether it's assisted living at some point in our life. Um, so that's 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 a large percentage of people. That's the majority of people that are going to need this type of care that's not covered by Medicare. Medicare only covers a small portion of this. They do not cover that long-term care stay once you're there for over a certain amount of days. So start planning for it. Start thinking about um, the different pots of money that you're going to have, where they can be put so that you're protected, that you're ready for this 20 to 30 year voluntary unemployment scenario. And it's very simple to do that. All you have to do is call 866-203-7486 to get that retirement lifestyle review that Luke is talking about. Sam, Andy, and Luke can uh, help you with that to and through retirement. You get that no cost, no obligation assessment of your situation, whatever it is. So please don't procrastinate. Make that phone call to make the appointment to see them uh, at 866-203-7486. It's Dual Financial Strategies. Over 22 years of experience in that realm of uh, the wealth planning, of retirement planning, because it is all about your retirement. It's 866-203-7486. We've got to take a break. Luke, what's coming up next? When we come back, many Americans are slow to start saving for retirement. If that's you, we've got some suggestions to help kickstart your retirement savings. We're back on Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton for Dual Financial Strategies. And we have Luke Van Abel in studio once again. Sam and Andy are away. And uh, whether you're in Green Bay, Appleton, or anywhere in the Fox Valley, it is all about your retirement. Luke Van Abel at our side, 866-203-7486 is the number to get that no-cost, no-obligation appointment going to get you kick-started into retirement. Because saving for the big day is key. And if saving for retirement has not been a priority until now for you. Uh, chances are you still have some time to turn things around. Uh, but in the style of comedian Jeff Foxworthy, we've put together a list of things that we call you might not be able to retire if. Now, the good news is we've also got solutions uh, to help you get on a better path. Right, Luke? Because you might not be able to retire if you're looking for a quick retirement fix. Yeah, I have to make a comment on Jeff Foxworthy because <laughs> about 20 years ago, yeah. um, there was a... Did you ever see Blue Collar Comedy Tour? Yes. It was Jeff Foxworthy, Bill Ingvall, Ron White, yeah. and Larry the Cable Guy. Man, those guys are hilarious. I know, and I actually know a relative to Mr. Ingvall. Uh, we actually saw him in concert in Raleigh, North Carolina several years ago, and one of my best friends that I play golf with, his wife is a relative of uh, Ingvall. So All we, right. We, yeah, we, got well, we should... actually met them, and... Uh, uh, Larry the Cable Guy, he's a horrible golfer, but a great comedian. It's yes. so Foxworthy. Well, but what well, were you going to say? You should make some connections with Bill. Maybe we could get Bill on the Bill or Jeff on the show. You know, that might be kind of neat. Yeah, it would be. So you you were talking <laughs> about, uh, you, did you have a Foxworthy story you were, that I uh, rudely no, interrupted you on? Or no, what? just 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 the fond memories of Blue Collar Comedy Tour, watching it a variety of times and really liking those comedians and went to see Ron White a couple times out on the East Coast when I was stationed out there. So. Oh, okay. Well, what about this? If you're looking for a quick retirement fix, it really doesn't exist, right? No, no, no. I mean, if you're behind the eight ball, I mean, one of the, one of the, 
challenges is and and your thought is probably well now i've got to play catch up now in order to get where i need to be in order to get where my peers are or where i perceive my peers to be now i really have to hit some home runs um, in order to catch up and then the the catch 22 here is that you know you're taking more risk you're taking large amounts of money and maybe it's bitcoin maybe it's some small cap um, penny stock or something like that that you're hoping to hit a home run with but we want to shy away from things like that because we know as we take more risk um, that we've got the chance for that more reward, but we also have the chance for losing a lot more and being even further behind than we thought before. So we we don't just want to go after those quick fixes. We want to take the, the slow and steady approach to just making the right decisions, start planning, start using those additional contributions that can be made to build wealth over a longer period of time within your comfort level for risk so that you can stay committed to it over over that period. Yeah, I think so. Searching for that quick risk will do nothing but uh, set you up for failure in most cases. All right, you might not be able to retire, uh, uh, Mr. Van Abel, if you're spending without a plan. Yeah, you've got to have some idea of what you're spending. Many of you, I think, here in Northeast Wisconsin do a pretty good job of spending within your means, even though you don't maybe have a quote-unquote budget because you're maybe paying yourself first. You know, you've got the retirement contribution. You've got some money going into savings. But if you don't fall into that camp, then you want to have an idea of what's flowing out. There's numerous different ways that you can do that. There's numerous different ways today that you can track that. But you want to have an idea of how much are we spending, spend less than we make, even though the government doesn't have to do that. That doesn't mean that we, the people, um, don't have to, you know, live within our means and not overspend because um, at the end of the day, that's going to catch up and, and haunt us maybe for the rest of our retirement. We certainly don't want that. Yeah, we're talking again with Luke Van Abel of Dual Financial Strategies, where their phone number is 866-203-7486. That's where you get that uh, no-cost, no-obligation sit-down with them. So take advantage of it and uh, make a call uh, to uh, any one of the three, Sam, Andy, or Luke, at Dual Financial Strategies, because we're talking about some good news about saving for retirement and some suggestions to avoid uh, the fact that you might not be able to retire if paying off a debt is not a priority. Now, we talk about there's good debt, bad debt, you said, uh, Luke, but uh, if you don't pay off any debt, uh, you're going to be behind the eight ball in retirement. You certainly are going to be behind the eight ball if you're not paying off that debt. It's just going to linger and pile, and that interest is going to grow on itself, and it's going to be this snowball that's not working for you. Snowballs can be wonderful if it's compound interest on that 401k and those IRAs and those Roths. But if we've got the snowball piling on that debt because that interest is continuing to grow and now we're paying interest on interest, that can be some major pressure, some major headache and and things that are keeping us up at night. So we want to prioritize getting those debts paid down, starting to chip away at them, starting to be strategic about how you do that um, so that one day you can be debt free and you can then live a little bit more comfortable life because those debts are paid off. Are you talking about different types of debt, too? Uh, And I think the big one is uh, medical debt, because as good as Medicare is, and if you don't even reach Medicare, and I don't care what kind of health care plan you have through your employer, you're still going to put some uh, out-of-pocket expenses uh, away 
to, to prepare for those because, uh, you know, you may not be lucky enough to stay healthy, and there's all kinds of that. You just talked about credit card debt. What, I mean, what, are people paying like over 20% now uh, yeah. on credit cards? So, you know, maybe you can amplify on that. Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different debts out there, medical debt, and there's kind of two schools of thought on how you pay, pay your debt down. One is, you know, the, the analytical mind that I have, I look and say, well, what's the highest interest rate? And that's the one I want to knock off first because, by golly, that's the one I'm paying the most interest on. Um, so that could be one one avenue to look at. The other one is is more of this snowball. I'll use that analogy, this the snowball effect where we take this you take the smallest debt that you have. Maybe that's, you know, you've only got five hundred dollars left and you've got, you know, a twenty five dollar a month payment on that. Well, you, the goal would be to pay down that debt as quickly as you can and then snowball that payment into the next payment. And then once that one's paid off, snowball it into the next one. So you could see how that would be really motivating to to know that, okay, we're 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 crossing debts off, we're eliminating, you know, complete statements, we're not getting anything in the mail from that particular creditor anymore. Depending on your personality could determine which type of strategy would work best for you. But certainly chipping away and making the um the having the intentionality really, at the end of the day, to get these things paid down is what's really important. Absolutely. Again, we're talking with Luke Van Abel about the um, situation about the, well, never too late to save, but don't procrastinate on that because in uh, the style of comedian Jeff Foxworthy, you might not be able to retire, if, for example, if you live from paycheck to paycheck, right? Right. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, well, then that probably means that you don't have the emergency fund. You likely aren't saving money into your retirement account and then if an emergency happens right then we put it on the credit card and things spiral out of control much much quicker um, so we want to break the cycle of this debt um, and and if if at all possible I mean if you know that the credit card is a struggle uh, for for things that maybe you don't need don't even carry it with you. I think it was, I haven't heard this for a while, but um, it was many, many years ago. They talked about putting your credit card in water in the freezer. <laughs> Have you heard of this, Chuck? No, but I've heard of cu cutting them in half, getting yeah. rid of them, but not that. Yeah. No. yeah, I mean, I think I think the thought was because, you know, we talked also about some credit card debt or some debt being good, especially if we're making the payment on a regular basis. That's building your credit and so forth. That's helping. So if we just cut up or eliminate a credit card, well, that could have an adverse effect on our on our credit score as well. But if we just take said credit card, put it in the freezer in a bunch of water, then the thought is, well, first of all, that credit card's at home, so we're not going to spend it. And second of all, we may have to wait a while for that water to thaw out before we can make a purchase oh, okay I get so yeah. kind of protecting ourselves from ourselves i all think right. is the the thought process there all right uh, finally you might not be able to retire uh, mr van abel if uh, one is not building a reliable monthly income what do we mean by that well if um retirement is voluntary unemployment well we need another source of income or sources of income would be even better having multiple streams of income going into retirement um, helps diversify helps you you know be able to last longer in retirement so where's the money going do we have a 401k what are the different buckets of money that we have do we have an ira do we have roth ira do we have brokerage account money these can all be different streams of income 
Some people will build wealth in real estate. Maybe they'll have a 401k and some IRAs and also have a rental property or a home that they rent out. This is the type of income that you're going to be looking for in retirement so that in addition to social security and a pension, if you're fortunate enough to have one of those, but I know most of you don't have those anymore, we want to have some other places that we can pull monthly income from so that we don't run out of month before uh, we, we get our income. All right. Uh, it's all about that retirement right lifestyle review. This is what we're driving at here with Luke Ben Abel of Dual Financial Strategies. It's 866-203-7486. And what do we mean by a retirement lifestyle review? Well, at no cost, no obligation, Sam, Andy, or Luke will uh, inspect your situation, talk about your situation as you enter retirement and get ready for it, and uh, consult you as true fiduciaries who have your best interest in mind. It's all about you. Uh, that the, Their incentive to work with you is to help you to and through retirement with that uh, retirement lifestyle review. And the good news is it's at no cost, no obligation when you consult with them. It's 866-203-7486. Don't procrastinate. Make that phone call right now to either go to the Green Bay office or the Appleton office, anywhere you're listening to us uh, here in the beautiful Fox Valley. 866-203-7486. It's dual financial strategies, and it's all about your retirement. Fast-moving show, Luke, what's coming up in the final segment? When we come back, it's question from you, the listeners. That and more right after this. Now we're back here for Dual Financial Strategies. Chuck Caton with you every single week. And this week, Luke Van Abel is in studio with us. And your retirement is what we're talking about and that retirement lifestyle review, 866-203-7486. In case you missed the phone number, remember, no cost, no obligation. Sit down, spend a good hour, hour and a half with either Sam, Andy, or Luke, and discuss your plans for retirement. And they will help you to and through retirement with uh, their expertise. And they also have expertise, and uh, Luke is, of course, in the studio solo uh, to answer questions. And we've got a bundle of questions this time. Luke, so are you all set to go? I am ready to go. All right. We've got some, uh, well, there's some simple ones. There's some complex ones. But uh, Bernard in uh, Sherwood wants to know, uh, as he turns uh, 65 soon, looking to work for one more year. He says, uh, combined income with myself and my spouse, approximately $140,000 a year. And he's got about a million dollars in assets, which uh, uh, is good news. But he wants to know, what type of financial advisor should he be looking for? Hi, Bernard. This is a great question. I love this question. I think there's there's probably three primary areas that come to mind. Uh, the first being find somebody who's independent. The second being find somebody who's a fiduciary. And the third being find somebody who's really focused, whose niche market is retirees and and helping people with the unique challenges that come there let me break each of these down so the first one was independent i think finding somebody who's independent imagine imagine you went to your mechanic and your mechanic was doing an oil change and tire rotation and maybe they're doing a once over on your vehicle and you're watching through the viewing window and you look into that bay and you only see a couple wrenches and a couple other tools sitting around would that be concerning to you 
I know it would be to me because most most mechanics that you go to, well, they've got a whole tool chest full of full of different tools. So they've got the right tool for the job when it comes up. But oftentimes we can't see behind the curtain when we're talking to different financial advisors um, to know what their toolbox looks like, because these aren't physical tools that you can often look at, feel and touch. So working with an independent advisor will often mean that you are finding somebody that has a large toolbox and a lot of different tools that they can use. And even if the tool is the same, if we're talking about wrenches here, they will have dozens and dozens and dozens of different wrenches. So finding an independent advisor is really important. Hopefully that analogy made sense. And um, the second being a fiduciary. Chuck was talking a little bit about that um, when people come in for their retirement lifestyle review that we are a fiduciary-based firm. And what fiduciary means is that's one of the standards of care in our industry. It just means how how does the advisor operate? Whose interests do they have at heart and with a fiduciary they and we have to do what's in the client's best interest at all times so that's another thing that you want to ask how does the advisor work are you a fiduciary are you not a fiduciary Um, because that will tell you a lot about how they operate all right meredith is in appleton Uh, she wants to know if a t-bill would be a good investment for herself and uh, she's 64 plans to work another six years just trying to circumvent investing in this volatile economy Hi, Meredith. Uh, T-bills, you know, it, it's hard to give advice over over um, air like this, but generally T-bills can be a good option for people as they get closer to retirement because they're, they're a little bit more conservative. They're backed by the government. Um, we're seeing higher interest rates on T-bills than we've ever have. But there are some disadvantages, too, that you need to be aware of. Um, there's interest rate risk, inflation risk. That just means that if inflation is sitting at higher than we're making on our investments, well, we're still sort of losing money on a month-to-month, year-to-year basis. So for something like this, I mean, and there's other tools that are that are also fixed, like T-bills. Um, there's things like I-bonds that are tied to interest rates. Uh, there's also things like fixed annuities that have a guaranteed set amount that you're going to be paid every single month. So those are also tools that can be considered. But um, I'd be happy to look over your unique situation. A lot of people uh, that write in would like to sit down and just have a discussion about that because it's it's hard to say, you know, would this be the best place for all of your money, not knowing so much more about you other than really your age at this point. All right, let's go to Manny, who is in Green Bay. He says, I'm 62 years old, and I want to see if there's any value in investing in a Roth given my age. Uh, my expected full retirement age is 67. Hi, Manny. Roth IRAs. Roth IRAs are great. Roth 401ks are great because of the tax-free income that comes out of there. But there's so many other factors here as well that should be considered um, before just saying, yes, you should do it. I mean, generally, I think tax-free income is a great thing. But other things that should be considered is what your, what's your current income now? What will your retirement income look like? How much in qualified assets, so like 401ks and IRAs, do you have relative to just taxable income outside of the IRAs and what uh, this is a big one what is your future expectation about tax rates depending on your response to those things um, could determine that yes Roth IRA is absolutely the place to put money or it could mean that no you're in a pretty good situation right now 
Um, your tax burden may not be too much. So contributing to the traditional could be an option. So you really have to take a closer look at these things um, in the comfort of maybe an office setting or phone call to better determine given all the other circumstances, what would make the most sense for you? All right, let's go to Little Shoot now. Henry is there, and he says, I received a letter in the mail this week from my 401k provider, including their fee adjustments for 2023. Now they're charging a whopping 2.25% of my total assets every year. The funds themselves take another half percent or more in some cases. I want to know if this is standard, and what fee uh, would you consider to be normal? Hi, Henry. Um, I will say, ouch, um, 2.25 plus an additional 0.5 plus, um, that's a lot like 2.75% a year. That is a pretty hefty fee that's eating up nearly 3% of any of uh, your returns. Um, even in a flat year, you're going to lose 3% because of those fees. Unfortunately, there really isn't a, a standard across the board. It ultimately depends on kind of the tools, the relationship that you're using that'll determine what those fees are. But I can tell you that in most cases, you want to find a fee that's probably going to be under one and a half percent per year. Um, and that should come with a bunch of other value. I'm not sure what other things you're getting with your current 401k. Um, most 401ks, when people come in, will tell me, yeah, maybe there's a rep there, but usually I'm having to make those decisions myself. And then, you know, in this case, you're paying them 3%, almost 3% per year. So there are um, options out there where advisory fees could be considerably less, like half of that or more, and would come with help making financial decisions like around Social Security, Medicare, tax planning, which could be huge and save you tens of thousands of dollars over your retirement time frame, um, income planning, and of course, ensuring that your investment allocations and the tools that you're using are in multiple different buckets um, to protect you during this time period when you're probably not wanting to take as much in the way of risk. All right, Kyle's in Swamico. He wants to know simply, what happens to my annuity after I die? What happens to your annuity, Kyle? Well, ultimately, it depends on the type of annuity plan that you have. Um, there were annuities that aren't used too much anymore called an immediate annuity, which turned a lump sum value into an income stream. Those got kind of a bad name for themselves because if you, the annuitant or the owner of that passed away, then the insurance company would keep that. But most of the new iterations of annuities today, they will have built-in beneficiary designations tied to them. So if you're the owner, you're going to list out loved ones that you want those funds to go to. And if you pass away, then your primary beneficiary receives the value. If you're, if let's say you are married or, and you and your spouse pass away together, well then of course your contingent beneficiaries are going to come into play and whoever's listed there is going to receive those funds. Just keep in mind that is a legal document. So whoever's listed there is going to receive those funds, even if they've fallen out of your life, passed away, what have you. All right, we've got about 30 seconds to go to DePere now, and Paul is there. He says, I'm currently 60, single, and receiving a pension, but I plan to remarry in a year. So will my new wife receive my pension in the event of my death? 
Hi, Paul. Um, I'm assuming if you were uh, single prior when you elected that pension, you were single. Uh, once you make the election to uh, take a pension payment single, you cannot change that. So if you remarry, uh, your your spouse is not going to be eligible for any joint benefits. There are some other things to consider. A lot of people, when they're weighing out the pros and cons of taking a single versus joint, uh, will often throw insurance into the ring to see what um, using a portion of that pension payment could provide in the form of a death benefit for a spouse. So that's something you could consider. And also one other little note of of helpfulness here. If for those of you that are uh, maybe 62 to full retirement age that have taken social security benefits and have a spousal benefit, you also have to be careful when you're getting remarried uh, because you can lose out on a previous spousal benefit and the new spouse, their income is going to determine your spousal benefit. So you want to be careful when we're getting remarried uh, that some income can go away as a result of the new marriage. All right. All great advice from Luke Van Abel. And you'll get that wonderful advice from fiduciaries like Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, and Luke at Dual Financial Strategies with their over 20 years of experience. So come on in and get that retirement lifestyle review. And the best part is no cost, no obligation. Do it right now. Make that phone call at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And remember, it's all about your retirement constructed for you. 866-203-7486. Well, it's been a pleasure being with you, Luke, this week. What are your final thoughts? I know that many of you have um, retirement concerns, retirement questions. We can only help if you reach out and let us know that you're there. So give us a call. Chuck's given you the number many times. We appreciate you listening. We look forward to having you back. Same time, same place next week. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.